Okay, this morning, we're also starting a new series for Sunday mornings. And we're going to be talking about an awesome thing. And we all know what November is about. But we're starting a new series called I Am Thankful. And I want you to say that with me as a church. Say, I am thankful. Okay, you guys sound like you're pretty thankful. Well, praise the Lord. We're getting to the Word of God. And today we're going to be looking about how when you're thankful, you want to give. You want to give. Now, book of Colossians, chapter 3. If you could turn there with me, book of Colossians. And when you get there, say amen. Colossians, chapter 3. We're going to be looking at verse 17. And the Bible says these words, it says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let me read that one more time. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I want to go ahead and pray this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, we thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. And right now, Lord, I pray as we step into this new series, I am thankful. I pray, Lord, that you would make this not just a, something that lasts for November, but let it be an attitude of our heart, the remainder of our lives, that we would be thankful, that we would be a thankful church. I pray that we would be a thankful uh, ministry. Lord, I pray that you would touch hearts and minds. If there's anyone here that's battling with ingratitude or unthankfulness, I pray they will leave this place thankful and full of joy because of all the things that you've done for us on Calvary. I pray right now, Lord, that I would decrease, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would increase. You would knock down walls of the enemy right now. That you would move today, Lord, in your altar call. That you would save souls. And that lives would be changed, forever changed, by your power and by your anointing. And I pray, Lord, that you lead my words for your glory and honor. And all God's people said, amen and amen. This morning, this, this uh, I Am Thankful series is really awesome. But you study the Word of God and you begin to look at the word uh, thankfulness, and you see a couple of interesting things, but one of the things I want to point out is that unthankful in the Bible, it's a word, it's an interesting word, but in, in the New Testament, that word, it, it stems from someone who was once thankful uh, for the things that God has blessed them with, but then they step into a place where no longer are they seeing the blessings of God, no longer are they seeing the treasures that God has blessed them with inside their life, and so instead of having a thankful heart, all of a sudden they have unthankfulness inside of their life. And you and I as people, we're always, the enemy always wants to battle with having an ungrateful heart. How many of you know people that don't appreciate, people that are ungrateful, those people are like sour grapes, right? They just put a dampener, you know, they, they, you get them a brand new car and they're like, well, it had two miles on it. I wish it had zero. You know, the, the, the glass is, it seems like it's always half empty to those people, right? And hopefully you're not sitting next to one of those people this morning. Well, this is the good news. If you're sitting next to one of them, they're going to leave this place thankful. Amen. And if it's you, you're going to leave this place thankful for all the things that God has done in your life. But we live in a tech age. We live in an age where there's constant images of people making it look like they have everything together on social media. I know, they're, they're, you know, you see this couple at Starbucks taking a selfie. They're all smiling at each other. But like 30 minutes before, they were like slapping each other in their living room, fighting, wrestling. You know, the wife had the, the husband in a rear naked choke, and she's just like tapping him out, right? And then all of a sudden, five minutes later, they're taking selfies and making up, and they're projecting images 
to us that can make us feel inferior, but you and I, we cannot make judgments off exterior facades. We can't, because the reality is this, is you don't know somebody until you walked into their moccasins or their shoes, or their Stacey Adams, or their Gucci sandals. I don't know what you wear, but you don't know what they have to go through, but as believers, the enemy always say, why don't you compare yourself to that person? And it even gets worse, why don't you compete with that person? And you and I, we don't have to compete with the Joneses. We don't have to compete with the Smiths. We don't have to compete with the Garcias or the Rodriguez's. You and I, we've been bought by the blood of Jesus. We don't have to compare ourselves to anyone. God has blessed our life. We are blessed, a blessed people. You and I, we have a lot of reasons to be thankful this morning. And this morning, the enemy always say, you know what? Don't be thankful. And God says, do be thankful. This morning I was thinking about something. How many of us here today, we like to take breaks at our job? Yeah. Sometimes we take a 10-minute break. Sometimes the break gets a little long, right? Hopefully not you taking a little bit longer break. We love our lunch break. We love those breaks. But I believe inside of our life when the enemy's bombarding us, sometimes we need to take a praise break. We need to take a praise break. We need to take a thanksgiving break. When the enemy's coming to our, our, our bombarding our minds, you know, look at them, look at, look at those things, look at what you don't have, look, look at all these things. You and I, at those times, we need to take a praise break, you know, and say, God, I'm thankful, Lord, that you are faithful. I'm thankful that you are good. And let me say that the devil does not like praise breaks. But this morning, today at New Harvest Norwalk at the 11 a.m. service, how many of us want to take a praise break right now? Why don't we give God praise? Why don't we give God glory? Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Thank you, God, for what you're doing right now inside of our lives, saving us from guilt, sin, and shame, coming on Calvary and setting us free, giving us victory over our enemies, delivering us time and time again. We are so thankful. We are so grateful. We are so blessed. Lord, because you, Lord, you are more than anything that we desire. You are the apple of our eye. You are the lily of the valley. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are, Lord, our provider. You are Jehovah Nisi. You are our banner, Lord, that leads us into battle, but, Lord, leads us into victory. You are Jehovah Shalom. You are our peace. Lord, you are our peace, God, in the midst of suffering and trial. Lord, you are Jehovah Rapha. You are our healer. You're the one who heals us by your stripes. We are healed. Thank you, Lord. Oh, man, I love it. Time to take a praise break. When you take that praise break, it breaks the walls of the enemy and makes the enemy flee. When you take a praise break, it breaks down the captivity, the chains of Satan. When you and I say, God, I want to give you praise because you alone are worthy of praise, it changes the atmosphere of everything. That's the God that we serve. You and I, we need to take more praise breaks. Tomorrow, you're going to take a praise break during lunch. Your boss is going to look at you and say, what happened to you? You look like you're floating. You look like you're gliding. You can see the glory of God all over you. Why? Because the praises, the praises of God, God inhabits those things, and the enemy has to flee. Take a praise break. Look at your neighbor and say, it's break time. Time to take a praise break. This morning, I want to talk about something. The, 
that gives us power inside of our life no matter what we're facing. It's the power of thanksgiving. Billy Graham, he said these words. He says, the spirit of thankfulness is one of the most distinctive marks of a Christian whose heart is attuned to the Lord. Thank God in the midst of trial and every persecution. And the reason why uh, Mr. Graham, Dr. Graham said those words is because when you and I get into that spirit of thanksgiving, it gives us power over every situation that you and I are facing inside of our life because we do battle, we do go through things, we do face trials, we do face discouragements, we do face setbacks. But in those times, ingratitude will try to creep inside of our life, and God says, come to what? Thanksgiving. Now, in the book of Revelation, chapter 4, verse 9, the Bible says this in verse 9. And it's giving us a sneak peek into heaven's uh, throne, heaven's throne room and the temple of God up there in heaven. And the Bible says these words. It says, whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders, they fall down before him who sits on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the thrones and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Now, this word for thanksgiving is different than the last one we talked about, but this one is to be thankful for the grace of God in your life. Now, you and I, we have many reasons to be thankful for the grace of God in our life because what? We are once sinners, and what did Jesus do? He set us free from our sins. He forgave us of our sins. He redeemed us. He, well, he brought redemption inside of our life. You and I are not the same people that we used to be. You and I, we got a lot of reason to be thankful this morning because of what he's done inside of our life. Now, medical science, and, um, and they found these things about people who are thankful. They said that people who are thankful, they have a higher self-esteem than those who do not have thankfulness. Another thing that we see is that people who are grateful, they sleep better. They have better night's sleep. They say if you take 15 minutes before you fall asleep, get a notepad and begin to jot down all the things you're thankful for, you're going to sleep longer and you're going to have better rest. Another thing about people with uh, gratitude, they have better mental health. They, they're people that are, have more peace. They have more of God's shalom inside of their life. Why? Because there's that spirit of gratitude, that attitude of gratitude. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, you need an attitude of gratitude. And then I want you to turn to your na other neighbor and say, I'm thankful for you. Well, now you're practicing gratitude. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. But another thing that they know about gratitude that's medically proven is that those who have gratitude, they're more resilient when trials and testings come in their life. They did a study on those who uh, faced tragedy in 2003. They began to do a study on people who were affected by 9-11 and different wives who lost their husbands, who became widows, children who lost their fathers, people who lost loved ones. And they found that those who practice gratitude and thankfulness, they were more resilient and they made their way out of that dark and terrible time. Now, inside of our life, I want to tell you something. There's no such thing as a small blessing. There's not. You and I, there's no such thing as a small blessing. Every blessing that God has blessed us with is a big blessing. It's a good blessing. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, Pastor Ruben Sandoval, he was, he was talking about Costco hot dogs, how that's a blessing. And as he was preaching, I was going, amen. Costco hot dogs are a blessing. Amen. They are. But then he was also talking about Red Lobster, how that's a blessing too. And, you know, praise God, some of us have been blessed with Red Lobster. That's a blessing too. But also, Costco's a blessing too. 
Chick-fil-A is a blessing too. You might be sitting next to someone who's your wife and you might go, you know, you're my Chick-fil-A. Or, you know, whatever, right? So you're in that place of there's a blessing inside of our life. You know, you and I, we've been blessed with the blessings of God inside of our life. There's no such thing as, as a small blessing. All blessings are big blessings in, should be big blessings in our eyes. That God has blessed with. Why? Because God is a blesser. For example, this. Do you own a pair of shoes? This morning, about 300 million children throughout the world do not have a pair of shoes. Let me ask you another question. Do you drink clean water? It's pretty clean, right? We haven't died, right? This morning, about one billion kids, people throughout the world do not have access to drinking water. We, we are blessed. I want you to say, I am blessed. I'm blessed, yes. Now, do you have reliable electricity? There's about 1.5 billion people throughout the world today that don't have reliable uh, uh, electricity. Another reason to say, I am blessed. Say it, I'm blessed. Amen. This morning, do you have a roof over your head? Throughout the world today, there's around 100 million people that are homeless. So you and I, again, we are blessed. There's no such thing as a small blessing. God has blessed us inside of our life. You and I, God has blessed us abundantly. Today, this morning, many of us, we took hot showers. We're blessed people. Many of us, today after church, you're going to take your kids to, to go get a good, something good. You, some of you are going to eat a peanut butter jelly sandwich, but that's good. That's really good. Amen. That's a blessing. Amen. That's, praise God. That is a blessing. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe some of you are going to go to Red Lobster. Praise God. You're blessed too. That's a blessing too. But regardless, God's going to bless us today with what we need. And this morning, you think about all these blessings that God has blessed us with, there comes those moments inside of our life where the enemy will try to blind us from the blessings, blind us through ingratitude, blind us through not having appreciation for the things that God has done in our life. Now, about 10 years ago, it was Thanksgiving Day, and I was putting on my contacts, and as I was putting on my contact, I got the wrong solution. I got the wrong solution, so I began to put it in my eyes, and all of a sudden I started, I felt this stinging sensation in my eyes. My eyes began to get really watery and really itchy. I began to go like this to my eyes, and that was one of the hardest Thanksgiving days I had to go through. Why? Because I lost my sight that day. Everything was foggy. My eyes were burning. It was bad. It was bad. I told my wife, please pray that God heals my eyes. I don't know what's happening to my eyes right now. Remember that day, I couldn't enjoy my biscuits. I couldn't enjoy my turkey. I couldn't enjoy my ham. <laughs> couldn't enjoy it. I lost my eyesight that day. And I remember the next day waking up and all of a sudden that, that burning and that sensation had left and I was able to see again. And I remember I was so thankful for my sight. I was so thankful for my sight. I was like, God, you're so faithful. But it was a small blessing that I thought, I thought it was a small blessing, but our sight is a huge blessing. It's a huge blessing that you and I can see. And sometimes God, he does things in our life so we can appreciate what he's done in our life. Sometimes things transpire in our life so we can appreciate even the things that many times we overlook. You might be sitting next to the biggest blessing that God's ever given you inside of your life and you're ungrateful. You're blind to the blessings. This morning we're going to be looking at two different individuals in the Bible 
in the book of 1 Samuel, one of them who, who was blinded by ingratitude and one of them who had vision of thankfulness. We're going to be looking at Nabal, a man who was blinded by ingratitude, and then we're going to be looking at his wife, Abigail, a woman who had thanksgiving in her life. And one of the things about thanksgiving, the word thanksgiving isn't thanks stingy. It's thanksgiving. When you're thankful, you want to give. You might say, Pastor, you're talking about money again. No, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about giving encouragement. I'm talking about helping those in need financially. I'm talking about giving of your time, giving of your resources, because when you're thankful, you want to give. Like when we picked the pledges here, when Pastor picked the pledges here last month, why did we give? We seen the vision, but we gave because we're thankful for what God's done inside of our life. We're thankful. We, we appreciate what God has done inside our life. And now you see the pain going up. Now you see the, the, the tree, some of the trees removed. You see, uh, all of a sudden, our thanksgiving changing what? Changing our church. Why? Because thanksgiving changes the atmosphere. Book of 1 Samuel, chapter 25. Give me a background of the story. Nabal was a very wealthy man from the tribe of Caleb. He, he, was, he was a Calebite, very wealthy man. And the Bible says he's married to a woman by the name of Abigail. And the Bible says she's very intelligent and very beautiful. Now, one of the things about Nabal is he was a very wealthy man. And some of his, uh, uh, his employees, some of his shepherds, what they would do is they would go to the surrounding areas with, with their, their, their flocks of lambs, with their, uh, with their cattle, and they would be out there and they would be grazing the cattle, feeding the cattle. And the Bible says that at this time, David, King David, he was on the run from King Saul. And what happened was the prophet Samuel had just died. If you read chapter, verse 1 in that text, the prophet Samuel had just died. And we know that Samuel... He spoke a prophetic word over David, and he anointed David to be the next king of Israel. Now, Saul didn't like this because Saul had fallen away from the Lord. He had got involved in witchcraft. He got involved very proud. He's a very proud man. And the Bible says that he began to make choices, bad choices, and God said, I'm removing the kingdom from Saul. I'm giving it to a young 16-year-old boy named David. Now, David was probably around 24 years old at this time, and he's running away from Saul because Saul was trying to kill him. And what David's doing is David's helping out the, the, the locals there, and he's protecting them from bandits who would go and begin to uh, oppress uh, the, the landowners of that time. So David, with about 600 men, he's protecting Nabal's possessions. And now Nabal doesn't even know what, what he's doing. Sometimes we don't even know what God's doing behind the scenes for us. We don't even know how, how God's working on our behalf behind the scenes. That's why we all, always got to be thankful. God's always working on our behalf. Amen. So David's men are there, and they're protecting him. And then all of a sudden, David, he says, you know what, guys? Why don't you go talk to Nabal, and why don't you ask him? We know he's wealthy. Why don't you ask him if he could give us some food? Why don't you ask him if he could just lend us a hand? And the Bible says that these men, David's men, they went to Nabal and said, Nabal, we're from da we're from, we're with David, and we've been out there helping out, and we just want to see if you could give us something. Anything, give us something that we could take back to the 600 men so we could go ahead and get through this time. And the Bible says that Nabal, when he found out about this, that Nabal said these words, he goes, who's David? He didn't know who David was. Everyone knew who David was. 
All of Israel knew who David was. He goes, who's David? And why should I give him any of my food that I sacrifice to the men that are here, to my people? Why should I give it to David? Isn't he just an outlaw? Isn't he just running from Saul? So the Bible says they went back to David, and when David heard the words, David got so upset, he said, we're going to go to Nabal's house, and today all the men in that household are going to die because of the, because of what, the way he's, uh, what he's doing to us. So the Bible says that they, they saddled up, they, got, they had their swords, they went over there to Nabal's house, but right when they got to Nabal's house, guess who met them? Nabal's wife, Abigail. She had heard word. She had heard word what David was going to do, and she heard about the disrespect of Nabal. Now, when Abigail got there, guess what she had? She had some food. She had some food. How many of us know that when you, when you are grateful, you want to give? You want to give. You want to help out. And the Bible says that she not only had food, but she also had words of encouragement. She said, David, we know who you are. We know that God has a destiny for you. We know that God has great things for you. She goes, please disregard, disregard what my husband Nabal said. Now, this morning, I want to ask you a question. Are you a Nabal or are you an Abigail? Let's, go, let's look at Nabal and we'll find out right now. So Nabal, one of the things about Nabal is this. Nabal's ingratitude doesn't acknowledge the investment and sacrifice of others. That's the spirit of Nabal. It, it will not acknowledge the sacrifice of others. That's, that's ingratitude right there. The Bible says in verse 10 of chapter 25, Then Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David and who is the son of of Jesse. He, that's what ingratitude does. Who are you? Why should I, who are you? Why should I help out? Ingratitude towards your parents. Ingratitude towards your leaders. Ingratitude towards our pastors. When God has called us to have gratitude inside of our life. We can never forget where we came from. We, we can't. And we, we can never think that we're better than others. The Bible says Nabal was wealthy, very wealthy, very blessed. And this man, he didn't, he didn't care about what David did. He said, you know what, David, who's David? He didn't do nothing for me. Okay, so another thing that we know about ingratitude, and this is found in Nabal's life again, ingratitude does not want to give. It does not want to give. When you and I are ungrateful, the basket goes around, we don't want to give. Like, why should I give? When, when you and I have ingratitude in our life, we don't want to give. We, we, don't want, we don't want to help out. We don't want to listen. Why? Because ingratitude, it, it blinds us to what others have done, and it blinds us to having a spirit of generosity inside of our lives. Amen. So the Bible says this in verse 11. He says, shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed from my shears and give it to men I don't know and where they're from? That's Nabal's attitude. Why should I give it to people I don't even know? I don't even know what they've done. Why should I, why should I help out? Now, Nabal's name, his name means a fool. He's a, that's what his name was. And this morning, it's very foolish to allow ingratitude to rob us from being a blessing to other people. It's very foolish because this is the reality. If you're a blessing to someone... There's going to be a time in your life where you need someone to be a blessing to you, and all of a sudden, the Bible says we reap what we sow. It comes back to us. You see the, 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 the law of sowing and reaping. If you're a blessing to someone, all of a sudden, God blesses you. But what does he do with the blessing? He always multiplies it. 
He always multiplies the blessing. Pastor Ruben, he talked about that, how God multiplies the blessings that come inside of our life. Now, you and I as people, it's very foolish to have that attitude of Nabal. Now, this morning, are you going to be a Nabal or are you going to be an Abigail? Now, let's look at Abigail's life. But before we do, I just want to say a couple things about Nabal. Nabal was there, and the Bible says he was having a big feast, and he was drunk. The Bible says he was drunk. Read chapter 25 when you go home today. The Bible says he's very drunk, and the Bible says that Abigail came back from David, and, and, and God had mercy on, on Nabal's house because of Abigail's thanksgiving and Abigail's appreciation for what David had done. And she looked at Nabal, her husband, she said, Nabal, I gave to David. Uh, we blessed him, and he, he was going to come here, but he left. The Bible says that at that moment that Nabal became like a stone. He became like a stone, and the Bible says that 10 days later, he died. Now, as believers, as Christians, you and I, I believe that we should be the most thankful people in the face of the world. We should be the most thankful people. We should, when you walk into your job, your boss is there, you just say, I am thankful that I have my job. You're not there complaining about your wage. Man, I wish I got paid more. I'm worth so much more. No, you're thankful. God, you blessed me with the job. For you that are married, you're thankful that you're married. You're like, man, praise God. God blessed me with a wife. God blessed me with a husband. Right now you can slip your hand right next to them and just grab their hand. I'm thankful for you. If you're not married, don't do it. <laughs> so there's this, there's this thankful attitude, but when you have a spirit of, when you're unthankful, ungrateful like Nabal, your heart becomes like a stone. You don't want to give. You don't, you don't appreciate what God's done. The Bible says 10 days later, he died. He died, church. He died. And, and you read two verses, verse 37 and 38. In two verses, the span of two verses, he lost his life. And then he lost his wife. And guess who was waiting in the wings for his wife? See, with Nabal, he had such a beautiful thing in front of him. And he didn't even notice. This morning, there's beautiful things in front of us that God has blessed us with. And we need to see them. We need to cherish them. We need to treasure them. God has blessed us. This morning, we are so blessed. How many want to have a spirit of Abigail? I want to have a spirit of Abigail, right? All right. A grateful spirit, a thankful spirit. Here we go, church. This is how you have that spirit. And don't just let it be for the month of November. Let it be a lifetime of gratitude. Amen. I, challenge, I encourage some of you today to go home, get a notepad out, begin to write down 10 things you're thankful for. Ta write down 10 things that God has done inside of your life. Write them down. Jot them down. And say, God, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for this. I challenge some of you who you have your phones, pull out your phone. Hashtag, I am thankful. Let's get this thing trending this month that I am thankful for the things that God has done inside of my life because I believe that New Harvest Norwalk should be the most thankful church on the face of the earth, giving God praise for all the things that God has done inside of our life, all the things that God has done for us and through us.
that we are a thankful, grateful people. Now, Abigail, she comes to David. David is hot with anger, going to Nabal, about to destroy Nabal's household. Abigail's caught in the crossfire. Abigail runs out. She begins to bow down, the Bible says. She says, uh, you know what, sir? We, we are so sorry for the way Nabal was talking. She begins to say, we, we are thankful for what you've done, protecting our shears. Thank you for protecting the shepherds. And the Bible says that David's hot anger, what, what happened? It subsided, and all of a sudden he appreciated what she'd done, and he even praised God for what she'd done. Now, Thanksgiving can change an atmosphere. You can get into an atmosphere where you can cut that with a knife. I mean, you could just feel the tension. You could feel the animosity. You could feel all those things. But when you get a spirit of thankfulness, I want to tell you, when someone gets well, you know, around somebody who's ungrateful, but you have a spirit of thankfulness, all of a sudden you have, you have the edge over them. Why? Because gratitude always overcomes a sour attitude. So if you're married to somebody that's always sour, I encourage you to be thankful. So you know I'm thankful for you. I love you. I'm so glad that you married me. Praise God. And I'm, you should be so glad that I married you. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving, not thanks stingy. It's Thanksgiving. You know, you and I were thankful for the things that God has done. The spirit of Abigail having a heart of giving is you give to those in need. The Bible says that Abigail said these words, and let the gift which your servant has brought to my Lord be given to the men who follow you, giving to the poor, helping out those in need, those who have lost their, uh, certain things, widows. We want to have a heart of gratitude and a heart of what? A heart that what? Gives to those in need. The fatherless, you men spending those times with those kids, you Royal Ranger commanders, man, you're making a profound difference in the lives of boys when you invest in those young boys and being what? A father figure inside of their life that they can know what a man's supposed to be. They can know what a, husband, a Christian husband looks like. They can know what a man of God looks like. You investing and in being a father to the fatherless. God brags on people like that. The Bible says Josiah, King Josiah was a person like that. God bragged about him in Jeremiah chapter 22, verse 16. And this is talking about Josiah. It said, he judged the cause of the poor and the needy. Then it was, well, is not this to know me, declares the Lord. He goes, if you know me, if you really know me, you're going to want to help out the fatherless. If you really know me, if you really know who I am, you're going to want to help out the poor. God's word says that if we really know him, we're going to want to be givers. If we really know him, he goes, this, this is the fruit of knowing me. You're going to want to help the fatherless. You're going to want to help the widow. You're going to want to help those who are in need. That is a, a characteristic of knowing God, knowing him. This morning, if we get out of the worship team, make their way up here. Another thing I want to talk about is giving encouragement to the discouraged. The Bible says that Abigail did that in verse 28 of our text. She said, please forgive your servant's presumption. The Lord your God will certainly make a lasting dynasty for my Lord because you fight the Lord's battles. Um, just this Wednesday, Brother Matt, he said an awesome story about uh, one time being at Burger King with one of the brothers here at the church. And he said that brother told him some simple words, God is with you. And he said that those words over that meal encouraged him to go forward. 
This morning, how many of you here today, someone, you, there was a hard, really rough time in your life, hard time, and someone gave you words of encouragement, and that just was the motivating factor for you to go forward for God. I want you to raise your hand today if someone encouraged you like that this morning. Many of us here today, about 90% of us, someone gave us those words of encouragement that were so important to our life, that encouraged us, that gave us strength, that gave us hope. I remember about two months being here in Norwalk, I remember just looking at the vastness of it and just peeking my head in all kinds of different things and going, wow, this, this is mon monumental, enormous task. I remember being discouraged. And I remember Pastor Salazar calling me and, and, and talking with me. And you know what he told me? He said, Danny, enjoy the journey. He said, Danny, take it one day at a time. He said, Danny, do your best and let God do the rest. And I remember those words inside of my life. Those words were like fuel to a car that was on empty. But this morning, all of us here today, we've been recipients of encouragement. And what did it do? It gave us courage to go forward because that's what encouragement it is. It's encouragement to have courage. To have courage. And discouragement is to be without courage. But you and I, we are so thankful. Why? Because people encouraged our life and they blessed us and they gave us those words that we needed. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word, everyone say a good word. A good word makes him glad. It makes him glad. And you know, this morning, there may be people here today say, Pastor, I hear you, but I don't hear you. You don't know what I'm going through. You just don't know what I'm facing. And there's some tough questions that pastors we have to answer. And one of them is this. How can I be thankful when I'm facing so much? And that's a tough one. And this morning, let me say this. You and I, we can be thankful because we know this, that we know that he's with us. We can, we can take that to the bank. We know he's with us. We could also be thankful because we know he's faithful. We know he's faithful. We can be thankful for that. We could also be thankful because we know that he's close to the brokenhearted. We can be thankful for that. You and I, we could also be thankful. Why? Because we know that we're more than conquerors through him because he loved us. We know without a shadow of doubt. We know. We could be thankful for that. We know that we could be thankful. Why? Because he's going to comfort us in our storm. He's going to be there with us in our storm. He's going to even calm our storm. He's going to see us through our storm. We can be thankful that he goes before us. That he goes before us and he prayers the way. We can be thankful that we know that we can do all things through him who gives us strength. We can be thankful for that. We can be thankful. Why? Because we know that the Lord is what? He is a faithful shepherd. That he is the lily of the valley. That he is the king of all kings. That he is the righteous one. Our redeemer. Our strength. 
He is the Alpha, the Omega. He is our all in all. This is the God that you and I serve. And no matter what we're facing inside of our life, we can be thankful that we know that He is going to be present with us through it. Amen. That's the God that we serve. Because anyone can praise Him when everything's going good. Anyone can praise them when their gas tank is full and the kids are good and everybody's healthy and, and your, your pocket's full of money. Anyone can praise God during those times. But you know when I think praise means something to God? When Thanksgiving is a sweet aroma to Him, I think when it's a sacrifice. I think when it's not easy. I think when you're up against uh, trial and, 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 and testing and, and tribulation and, and you're facing all those things, I think that's the sacrifice that God is truly pleased in. And the Bible says, David said in Psalms 116, and he says in verse 17, he says these words, he goes, I will offer you, everyone say, I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. David says, God, I'm going to praise you and I'm going to thank you not only in the good times, I'm going to thank you in the bad times because I know, God, that you are with me, that you'll never leave me nor forsake me, God, but that you will see me through the sacrifice of thanksgiving. This morning, if we could all stand throughout this place, with our eyes closed, our heads bowed this morning, and maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says that we've all sinned, every single one of us here today. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but there's good news, and the good news is this. It's one word, his name, Jesus. That's the good news. The Bible says that he came, that what? That you and I can be forgiven of our sins, that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It comes through trusting in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, surrendering your life over to Jesus. 